45 Years of the Rockford Files, revised third edition. The complete history of the Rockford Files on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com, rockford45.com. Hi, this is John Barber, and you're listening to TV Confidential. At Robertson, with a reminder that actor, comedian, and impressionist John Biner will join us at the top of the hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, our guest this hour is Steve Beverly. Steve is a professor of communications arts at Union University in Jackson, Tennessee. He's also the supervisor for Jackson 24-7, the daily student-produced newscast at Union University. In our previous segment, Steve talked about the challenges of teaching his students virtually during the second half of the spring semester when the university went into lockdown. Union University is scheduled to resume in-person classes when the fall semester begins later this month, although Steve and his colleagues have contingency plans in place in the event that virtual classes have to resume. Well, the university will be initiating social distancing practices in the classrooms. The challenge remains that you cannot control the activities of students during the hours when they are not in the classroom. We are talking about that. Steve is also a retired TV sportscaster and news director. Steve is also a mental health advocate and a member of the National Association on Mental Illness. He is ready, willing, and able to talk to any television news operation in the country to present a seminar. I guess, well, I guess to, if, 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 to the extent you do, you, you do seminars, you would do it virtually. You would do a webinar. Yeah, 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 right now we do them virtually. Uh, and it is you know, here's, here's one of the interesting things, Ed, is that as we have gone through this journey since most places since last March, but people began to report on this mm-hmm. in January and February, uh, this is probably one of the most stressful times that I have ever seen for reporters mm-hmm. uh, because many of them have been out on the front lines with the protests and especially the ones that turned violent. Uh, back after the George Floyd uh, uh, situation, and then particularly uh, because of the coronavirus, and, and this is probably the kind of thing that the average viewer does not grasp, but you've got a couple of things that work here right now, Ed. One is that you have uh, reporters having to cover the same story every single day. Maybe not, there's, there's I, a few twists to it. Yeah. But it does begin to wear mentally Mm -hmm. on reporters when they're having to cover a story that you don't know when that big panoramic shot is going to come up and finally the words, the end, (laughs) are there. Because nobody knows when the end is. I know. And and this is is longer, and particularly for young reporters, this is – it's not just a trial by fire, it's a trial of endurance, is how are you going to be able to bear up through all of this? And then the other factor is that uh, we've seen situations where we've had reporters who have been bullied and have been physically attacked out on location, and it certainly adds to the mental stress that they are under at that point. And then the other factor, there's, there's really a third factor here, Ed, and that is because all reporters now are required to engage viewers 
on social media mm-hmm. with their reporting. And I have, to be candid with you, I have never seen so much turbulence and so much politicizing of a health issue ever as I have seen with the coronavirus. Yeah. And it, there are times that, in, and I've been a target as well, there are times that you just absolutely feel like that there are some people who are sitting there coiled like rattlesnakes waiting to strike at anything that they see that does not match what their viewpoint is mm-hmm. on the virus. And I talk to a lot of young reporters that are in their first jobs in, in my community here. And for a lot of them, there was not anything in their college textbooks that taught them how to prepare for really sorehead viewers who are predominantly, they love to shoot the messenger Mm -hmm. because they have one view and one perspective on this. And if it doesn't match what the reporting demonstrates, and the reporters are trying to report the facts the best they can, uh, they strike out very heavily at these young reporters. And some of them, it has been a very tough, tough situation about how they deal with it. So a lot of this really has been a strain on mental health for people who are in journalism right now, more so than probably any other time I've ever seen. Let me ask you this. News is in your blood. I would imagine it is difficult for you not to watch the news at times because that's what you do or 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 are you able to like not watch the news because you know that's good for your mental health yeah there are some days that i just cannot watch i can't watch some days when i i sense that there is some news being presented almost as if it is a dramatic stage play Mm mm-hmm Sometimes I I watch network correspondents, and I wonder, are they being coached in a dramatic style of delivery? And this was way before the coronavirus. But there are some days that I just have to distance myself. During the summer, I've done more active reporting because I don't have my students here. Yeah. And so I've been doing more active reporting for our digital platform. And there are some days when I I look at that and I... (laughs) One of the things I said to some people this morning, I said, when somebody in response on social media, and you can almost predict who they are, but on social media, if they respond and their first sentence is, I know for a fact, I just go right on by it. Because that usually there is no substance to it. It's usually based on something that some 30-second cousin told them. Or it's based on something that they think and they are trying to manipulate statistics to uh, fall into line with what their viewpoint is. And, and as somebody said around here the other day, and I think it was very accurate, that we have had more epidemiologists, pulmonologists, and health pandemic experts come out of the woodwork in every local community mm-hmm. in America since the pandemic started than we ever thought was available. And with all of that expertise, you would think, <laughs> think we would be able to, to can this thing. But, but it's, it's really true. It is, and, and this is one of the things that I see that my young reporters in this area and my students, uh, I use this as a teaching moment with them because of the fact I said, here, here there, there's no textbook I can buy you. I may write it one day. Mm-hmm. 
I said, there's no textbook that can, can prepare you for the psychology of dealing with viewers who sometimes are extremely irrational yeah. in their responses. And, and I, I, you know, the pandemic, I, I think, has brought out both the best in us and the worst in us. And, and, and I think there's hardly any in between. I think it has done that. But if you only focus on the response that comes on social media, and this is one, one of the reasons why sometimes, Ed, I do have to get away from it. If you only focus on the response on social media, then you would get the idea that the cliche that started and the slogan that really started almost the second day after things began to shut down, we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. Social media reaction would have you believing that we are definitely not yeah. all in this together. Mm -hmm. You mentioned during your time off uh, this summer, you've been doing, you've been filing some reports for your digital platform. That digital platform is that uh, eplustv6.com? No, that is. Uh, it's on Facebook. It oh. is West Tennessee Today. Okay, West Tennessee Today. West Tennessee Today, and it is on Facebook. And uh, we, I am on a health department briefing three mornings a week. Mm -hmm. And we'll continue to be, although when my students get back, uh, I'll have them in on it. But we have, we have briefings three mornings a week with our health department director, our CEO from our hospital, and also our city and county mayors. And sometimes we'll have additional people. Like this week we had some people from the school system because of the fact that uh, we're getting very close to their return and many, many questions are being raised there. So I am in there every morning uh, getting the latest information that we have from the people that are out there on the front lines having to monitor this day after day after day. And I got news for you. This is tough on them, too, number one, because they have a heavy responsibility on them, but they are getting the same kind of social media pushback from people who have probably less expertise than my dog uh, in the other room in here. Uh, but but they know everything that needs to be done, and you know they get heard. They they hear stuff such as, "Well, you just need to be replaced, and we need to get somebody in here." And what they say means uh, the the equation means we want somebody else in here who will do it the way we want it done. Mm -hmm. And 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 so it, I, I have an extraordinary amount of respect for these people in the healthcare profession because they are having, particularly the ones that, that have to face the media day after day, yeah. they are getting so many questions on social media that at times are just absolutely irrational. So the, the bottom line to it is is that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time this summer uh, trying to sort through numbers trying to understand, okay, what percentage that we have had to jump. And we, during the month of July in this county, had a, a an increase in the number of cases by five times over what we had between March and the end of June. So if that tells you something, uh, we are anything but out of the woods. Steve Beverly is professor of broadcast journalism at Union University in Jackson, Tennessee. When he is not teaching, he uh, files reports for West Tennessee Today, a platform that you can find on Facebook. He also hosts 
Steve Beverly's TV Classics, a weekly TCM-like two-hour festival of classic TV shows from the 50s and 60s, which streams every week at eplustv6.com, eplustv6.com. Steve will be back next week. Tell us what's on tap in the weeks and months ahead on Steve Beverly's TV Classics. In the meantime, you can follow Steve Beverly on Facebook and on Twitter at Mr. TV Classics. We'll take a quick time out. Then John Biner will join us for hour number two of TV Confidential. Stay with us. If you haven't been listening to TV Confidential, this is who you're missing. Linda Day George. Diane Cannon. Donna Mills. Richard Benjamin. Michael Bell. Joan Van Ark. Thank you so much, Joan. I, I really appreciate this. I hope we'll have a chance to chat again. Well, I hope so, too, and let me tell you, bravo to you, kudos, for doing your homework. That's all I got to say. Thank you, hugs. That's TV Confidential, every week on this station and every day online at televisionconfidential.com. Hello, and welcome back to the Ronnie Deutsch Tax Program. On the line is Paul from California. Hi, Paul. What's your tax problem today? Hi, Ronnie. Love your show. Listen, I've got a big problem. You see, my paycheck was garnished last week, and I'm only getting half the normal amount. To make matters worse, the IRS froze my bank account. Listen, I'm embarrassed and scared. I need some help. Listen, Paul, you don't need to feel embarrassed. You just need some tax help. And the great news is the IRS has some unbelievable programs that can eliminate your tax debt so you don't have to worry about having your paycheck garnished or your bank levied. Doesn't that sound great? It sure does, Ronnie. Then do yourself a huge favor and get a free consultation right now and tell them the tax lady sent you. 855-717-6901-855-717-6901-855-717-6901-855-717-6901-855-717-6901-855-717-6901-855-717-6901-855-717-6901-855-717-6901-855-717-6901-855-717-6901-855-717-6901-855-717-6901-855-717-6901-855-
TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.